You know you're living in interesting times when the life-size three-dimensional printing of sheep is being discussed. Why would you even want to print a sheep, let alone a full-size one? Well, let's find out. Hello, welcome to The Yarn. This is a podcast we create for the Australian wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Now, some time ago, we discussed what is seen by many as the holy grail of the wool industry, automated wool harvesting. Now, if you haven't heard that episode about robotic shearing, it may well be worth a listen if you're interested. But one man who's been involved right back at the start of all this, uh, robotic shearing, and has since spent a lot of time in shearer training and promotion, is Jim Murray, who is at the centre of this work at Australian Wool Innovation. Jim? What's your title again? Official title is Shearing Industry Development and that, I suppose it really covers everything to do with harvesting the wool off, whether it's training, whether it's you know a little bit of a, a play with some new technologies. Um, yeah, so everything relating to shearing or actually getting the wool off the sheep. So the holy grail um, that we've been looking at for some time and of course across the wool industry for many years has been uh, automated wool harvesting. Um, and we've been working with the University of Technology Sydney UTS guys uh, around uh, having another look at robotic shearing. Today was a, a second day of a, a workshop. Um, what happened today? Today they took uh, a heap of 3D images of the sheep so they can actually start to program blow patterns and um, create the shape of the sheep in the mind of the robot. It's yeah, very, very interesting sort of stuff. They're, I think one of the biggest uh, things going forward with this project this time round is concentrating on the machine being able to take off the high value wool and then having another system to take off uh, all the oddments. Now you've got um, an interesting history in the in with robotic shearing because you had a uh, personal connection to George, the robotic shearer from back in the nineties. Now what what was it like back then when um, when it was very mechanical um, but very advanced for its time? It uh, when you look back at uh, what was going on back then, it was very big, it was very cumbersome, and there was a lot of restrictions with the actual technology, it had to be in air conditioning, etc. where what these guys are now talking about is going to be very robust, should be able to be trailer mounted without too much drama at all. And it's what what they're coming back to us with now. And uh, today we spent a bit of time mimicking the blow patterns that the robot would do and trialling a variety of different combs um, because we're shearing around the sheep rather than along the body of the sheep, the comb selection and that type of thing is going to be imperative to you know the welfare of the animal. So it's you know it's still very much in its infancy, but it's still very very exciting times. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And um, it's great to be involved with it. Um, in terms of um, their thinking, I mean, they're not limiting themselves to one comb and cutter, or even our concept of a comb and cutter. No, it's uh, like, you know, we saw a couple of sheep there today with um, a comb called a shattle, which is used to clip cattle for, for showing. And it's a comb that 
fair enough, we'd done a little bit of work to it. And using that concept and a few other different variations, and they've come back to us and said, look, you design it, we'll just print it. <laughs> and you go, yeah, rightio. <laughs> so, yeah, they've taken a lot of 3D images of shorn sheep, unshorn sheep, and from that they're going to be printing a sheep. Yeah, they're going to print a sheep, and that's going to be, I believe, the next stage, is they will uh, print a sheep, put it onto the restraining device and uh, the robot will then shear it um, or you know they'll uh, finalize the the movements of the robot to actually get the wool off and you know we've come up with all sorts of weird variations shearing it right down on the skin as we currently do um, in traditional board shearing Using combs that have got high riders on them, uh, so you're, you're cutting approximately three to five mils off off the skin. Um, like and snow combs, I suppose, are they or similar things? Sim similar to a well, we'll call them a cover comb these days. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, something that's got high riders just to get off the skin a little bit, and then you know the concept came up later later today. Well would it matter if we were a centimetre off the skin? And so it's, you know, a, a lot, and a lot of this is going to come back to biosecurity, external parasite control, um, and that type of thing. If sheep are clean of itchy scratchies, um, then keeping it a, a centimetre off the skin, I don't think is going to be a real issue because the next time they go through the machine, you're still going to get the same wool length. If they've got itchy scratchies, then you know, do does the industry then need to consider a, a parasite control, which will work in that environment rather than bare shorn? Um, yeah, so there's lots and lots and lots of things. But once they get the sheep printed, and they can show the the movements of the robot, then hopefully the next stage after that is the put a, a live animal in there um, and you know the the restraint mechanism that has been developed uh, to date and it was the original concept came on the first day it was uh, modified uh, and refined a little bit for today and then um, a head holding restraint was designed today which will have huge applications because we can actually manipulate that from the shoulders to the back of the ears so the machine can run a full shot along the backbone or either side of the backbone. So it's, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's still in its infancy but it's very exciting and, you know, who knows what will come out of it. Um, but the, the lack of physical restraint on the animal that's been required so far has been enormous. Yeah, it's quite amazing to, to be involved with. So um, from someone who has been in and around shearing for a very, very long time and has obviously been involved in, in those um, very early robots, um, how do you feel about this? Do you feel more optimistic? Because not only do we have a, a digital overlay, I mean, computers and robots are very different to what they were many years ago, but we also have that overlay of animal welfare. So as soon as you're with sort of restraining an animal... Um, you know, people raise their eyebrows. So how, how do you see that? Well, there's, you know, and again today we discussed a number of different options, but they're all very soft options on the animal. The, 
when we're shearing across the board, we still restrain the sheep, but we're, we're restraining it muscle on muscle. So the human muscle against the muscle of the sheep. So if we can mimic restraining devices that do things similarly, um, and there's a, there's a few options out there, we can't sort of speak about them yet because we sort of go and make them. Um, but if we can get a couple of those concepts to actually work, then the sheep should, by all accounts, um, not strain, not struggle. The sheep we use today came in full. They had uh, been fed just prior to starting today. And we put the first one up on the, um, I don't know, what's the, it's not a cradle because they're, they're not lying on their backs, but we'll call it the restraint. Um, and even with full bellies, they didn't play up. It was, it's, it's keeping the animal in as a natural state as they are. And you can go out into a paddock and see a thousand sheep. They'll all be standing there just having a bit of a graze and what have you, but none of them are kicking. So we actually use that thinking behind the restraint to keep them in as natural a position as they possibly can be, um, making it obviously uh, very safe for them. And the guys from UTS have come up with some very, very clever ideas on how to get the sheep to uh, actually sit on this device and then for it to be restrained. So, um, so long as we can maintain the animal welfare component all the way through this project, uh, yeah, exciting days. So the next the next step is in the lab with a printed sheep. I just love being able to say that printed sheep, and their their ta their take on how to run a cutting device, how big or small, over the surface of that animal. And that is that pretty much where we're up to. I think so. Once they have the, the printed um, dummy, which is going to be totally anatomically correct from all the 3D imaging they, they took today, they should be able to manipulate the, the movements of the machine to get all the way around the sheep. And, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, every merino sheep is different. That uh, being the case 20 years ago, now merino sheep are becoming a lot plainer and they're becoming a lot more similar in their, their body shape, structure, etc. The problem area, and it's always been a problem area with, with any of this sort of technology, has been the neck. But with a lot of the big neck folds being reduced in the in the breeder sheep now, that area with a little manipulation of the head uh, isn't that hard to, to actually get around. And the beauty of what we're, we've seen so far is we're only after that high quality fleece wool to be removed by the robot at this point in time. Modern technology machines, etc., they have uh, what they call learning machines. So every time this robot she is a sheep, it gets stored in its memory bank. The next time it goes, it stores that one. And so after it's, and you know, the first time it shears a sheep, it might take it five minutes. It might take it 10 minutes. But the next time it gets a sheep that has similar um, principles, 
well, it knows exactly where to go. It doesn't have to think about it. And as that machine goes, and it might take it 100, might take it 200 sheep before it's got enough in its memory bank where it can just start putting them out. And if we can get the machine <coughs> to take the fleece wool off in two minutes or under, and we have somebody else on a upright posture shearing platform doing all the trimmings. Yep. So bellies, it, and, bellies and points. Bellies, yeah. points, so all and the pieces, yep. all that's over there. But if they're doing one of those in two minutes, you know, we're looking at 240 sheep a day and for two people employed. So it's 120 per person. And in most shed operations today, we're only looking at 80 to 90 per person employed. So there's a productivity gain that can be had there. But I think one of the other very exciting things is no one's going to lose a job. We've still got to have somebody there around the robot making sure that it's been... Um, position correctly on the, the restraints and to be there to hit the big red button if it's needed. Yeah. And, and the person that is shearing is probably shearing in an upright yes. position and is not bent over yeah. all day. So it's, like, it's not about cutting people out of jobs or anything like that. This is all about increasing productivity and um, you know making life a bit easier on us. Like, the, the last great invention in our, in our industry, when it comes to shearing a sheep, happened in 1882. With the handpiece. With the handpiece. <laughs> uh, now, Jim, a little um, bit more about yourself. You've had a pretty amazing year this year. Um, how are you going health-wise? Because you're well-loved, well well-known, but uh, you've had a bit of a scare. But how are you going now? Yeah, I had a little bit of an oopsie. Um, it's getting on close to three months ago now. Um, had a spleen rupture, emergency surgery, a bit of a trip to ICU. Came out of it, uh, yeah, uh, the human body, it's a remarkable machine. It can put up with some severe punishment and, and come out the other side quite well. Went and saw the surgeon the other day and she said, look, it's up to you. You can go back doing anything you like, but self-govern it. So as soon as I got back home that afternoon, I went up and shore 15 sheep. <laughs> That's your, your version of governance. All right, well, um, it's good to hear you on the way back, and you certainly scared a lot of people there, Jim. So uh, from everyone at AWI, it's lovely to have you back. Um, we're very reliant on you in the, uh, in the industry, so it's, it's good to see you back up and running. It's, uh, it's great to hear those sorts of words, but... The reason that uh, we're having so many good things happen within, particularly in the shearer training world and competition world and what have you, there's an awesome team of trainers out there that, uh, you know, they've done a terrific job making me look good. Well, whilst you're on that sales pitch, why don't you go one step further? For people that are looking for some shearer training in shed or otherwise, or wool handler training, what do they do? They can either jump onto... Um, wool.com and or the helpline is probably the easiest or 1300 shears and that message should come through to me and then you know we'll have a bit of a chat about what state you're in and what level of training you want and how to best get you to that training or the training to you so people that say i can't find shearers what do you what do you say in response when they say i can't we can't get shearers out here Ooh, that's a hard one <laughs> There's two answers. Um, the, when you find a good team of shearers, 
do whatever you can to keep them. Um, and that doesn't mean paying them more money or anything like that. They're out there trying to make quid the best way they know how. You're trying to make quid the best way you know how. It's called a shearing team. Um, and you as a grower, as important a part of that team as any member in the shearing shed itself. Everyone works together. A bit of communication if, you know, if you see a, or hear a shearer in the shed, he's going crook about something, um, you know, find out why. You know, is it something to do with the, the, the style of the shed or is there something broken in the shed? And it might, might be a five minute fix one night when um, they've gone home. It's, it's all about communication. If we open up those lines of communication and like I said, if, if there's a good team around, you've got a good team and they say, look mate, I can't get there until the seventh. And you go, oh, but I really want to start on the first. Wait up, do you want the good guys or don't you? So a bit of perspective helps. Um, all right, Jim, well, um, nice to finally have a yarn. Good to see you on the mend, as I said. Um, thanks for everything you do and thanks for having a yarn. Thank you. That's Jim Murray, Shearing Industry Development Manager with AWI. And stay tuned for the next step in the robotic shearing evolution as the experts will have their prototype before too long. And it'll be fascinating to see just what they come up with. Okay, so thanks for your company. As always on The Yarn, the audience for this podcast is growing steadily, which is great. Uh, you can send in ideas at theyarnatwool.com and thank you for all those who have reviewed us on iTunes because that helps others find it. Again, from me, Marius Cumming, thank you for your company and we look forward to catching up with you again soon.